You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back here, folks, on Big Blue View, your go-to source for New York Giants news and analysis. We're here with another NFL Draft episode. This time, we are going to debate between prospects at similar positions for specific positions of needs for the New York Giants. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, folks. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening, just to stay up to date, and also help our show grow. So, as I said, conceptually, today's episode, we have three to four pairings that we're going to go through of prospects that are very similar, but different styles of play that have been talked about heavily for the New York Giants. And the idea behind today's show is we are going to debate if we're on one side or the other, if we think one makes more sense than the other. And by the time this episode comes out, I believe the roundtable that was that inspired this idea should already be out, which was be- choosing between Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. So that's actually our first one here, Chris, is we're going to talk about if the Giants decide, all right, we're going receiver. All of the other guys that we were interested in at number 11 are gone. Do we pick between Jalen Waddle or do we pick between Devonta Smith? And if I recall correctly, I think that we were on the same page for this one. So why are you picking Jalen Waddle here, Chris? Okay. Um, I'm actually going to start by uh, scaffolding up Devonta Smith. He is a good receiver. I cannot take that away from him. He is a very good route runner. He has good hands. He is very tough. He's detailed. And I think he can be productive at the NFL level. However, I'm not sure he really fits into the Giants roster and into their at least what we think their offensive scheme is going to be in 2021, the way that Jalen Waddle does. You know, they are both players are undersized. Uh, Devonta Smith is taller; he's six one, but that I don't think that really matters in their game because Jalen Waddle is just so much more explosive than Smith is. And Waddle, he can elevate; he can high point the ball. He is not afraid to extend. He's really tough as well. But he just has an element of speed and explosiveness to his game that Devonta Smith just cannot match. And I believe that really does give him so many more options in how you can use him. You know, I've said this before a couple of times. I think Devonta Smith at the NFL level is a Golden Tate-style slot receiver. He's really going to make his living in the slot. You can maybe play him at flanker occasionally, keep him off the line of scrimmage, but he's going to do most of his work underneath and in run-after-catch situations. Waddle can do that too, but he can also line up on the line of scrimmage, explode off, and 
have that vertical threat. He can really force defenses to respect the vertical pass. He can press his stem right up into defensive backs and then cut back sharply. And they have no choice but to respect the fact that he can just run right past them. And then on underneath routes, he can get the ball in his hands and just break angles, split bracket coverage, and run away from the whole defense. See, I had a very similar philosophy for why I chose Jalen Waddle as well. I really do believe that Devonta Smith is going to have a successful NFL career. It's not going to be a guarantee, but what we saw, what he was able to do at Alabama, is a pretty clear indication that he's going to end up on a team that really needs a number one option and is going to step up and be a, a very, very good offensive weapon for hopefully a long period of time. And I think before the signing of Kenny Galladay, I would be pitching Devonta Smith. But as we've talked about on this show so many times when you're building a receiver group, you got to build it like a basketball team. They just went and got their big post-up man in Kenny Galladay, who's going to do really well in contested spots. He's going to be that X receiver. You've got some smaller, more compact guys that are good route runners like Sterling Shepard. You do have a fast player with John Ross, but he's not really a guarantee lock to be a high volume player. Uh, Darius Slayton is a little bit more of that small forward type player where he's fast He's tall, he's long, he's going to be able to do a little bit of a mix of both. But the reason why I felt that Jalen Waddle made the most sense is because if you look at the current group, the one piece that the Giants are lacking is just a total burner. And that's what Jalen Waddle is. You don't necessarily need to get him the football 12 times a game. He's not going to have 12, 14 receptions like Devonta Smith could eventually work his way towards. Instead, Jalen Waddle is going to go out there. He's going to return kicks for you. He's probably going to score a touchdown or two by the end of the season on kicks and punts. And then additionally, he really only needs four receptions in a game. If you're hitting Kenny Galladay for 10 receptions, maybe you're getting a couple balls to Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. If you give the ball to Jalen Waddle a couple times, he just needs a couple touches and he can put up 30, 40 yard gains because he's that explosive of an athlete. So just looking at the group, it's a lot more of consistent touches compared to what you get with Jalen Waddell. He is that missing piece to me, that change of pace, that big home run hitting threat that can really make defensive backs play honest and be worried of something coming from over the top. If you have a lot of different angles that you can attack a defense, they have no idea how to stop you. Instead, if you're one-dimensional, that's how you get slowed down pretty easily, and that's why they got slowed down easily last season. Yeah, and just uh, two more points before we move on. The first is to add to what you say about the ball being spread around in the Giants' offense. One of the things I have come to really appreciate about Waddle's game is how good he is without the football in his hands. You know, that's not something you usually talk about with wide receivers, especially these explosive, hyper-athletic dudes. Waddle plays hard all the time. He works to sell his routes on running plays. That's something you don't ever really see, especially with this type of receiver, where he will explode off the line of scrimmage, look just like he's running a fade route or a go route and press his stem right up into the defensive back and really force them to respect the possibility of a play action pass that keeps guys out of the tackle box. It at least puts a little bit of doubt in, in the mind of the safeties and it, that goes to help the running game. He's also a good blocker. Yeah. He's not real big, but he attacks defenders. He gets right in there with pretty good technique and, and he can actually really help an outside zone running game 
without the ball in his hands, you know, both by forcing the defense to really appreciate having a that speed threat on the field, but also with his blocking. I think the the, the takeaway here, though, is yeah. we're not really picking one guy over the other based on talent. I think it's just more of the conversation of who is going to fit better with this Giants receiver group. And I, I think that um, just kind of what we showed here, that Devonta Smith is probably going to be a good receiver, but Jalen Waddell just makes a little bit more sense circumstantially if they do choose to go receiver at 11th overall. Chris, the, the other one that we have, the next one, is uh, with edge prospects. Another two teammates, Gregory Rousseau and Jalen Phillips, both out of Miami. Phillips previously with UCLA before he transferred to Miami. And now I wouldn't necessarily say both these guys are going to be in play at 11. There's a chance that it could happen. There are some people that believe Jalen Phillips, minus the injury concerns, is uber talented and could be drafted that high. But I think maybe this is a conversation for 11 or a conversation for the second round at the 11th pick in the second round. So for you, when we're talking between these two edge prospects, Gregory Russo and Jalen Phillips, who are very different, who would you pick in this circumstance? Uh, Just in a vacuum between the two, I am definitely one of those people who believes in Jalen Phillips. I believe if it weren't for his concussion history, he would be a no-brainer of a top 10 pick maybe even a top five pick. He is just to my eye from what I saw on tape from him, just that good. You can tell that he was a number one overall college recruit. He was, he has yeah, maybe not the same kind of game as, you know, Miles Garrett or Chase Young, but he has that look about him where he just moves different from the other guys in the field. He can attack with speed he's got length he can play with power he can contort his body to get skinny and get through gaps he's got really good technique to get beat blockers hands and get past them that way and he finishes his plays you know Rousseau I can understand why people are really intrigued by him he is you know you just put him in a lineup and he stands out he is you know Big, long. Uh, he didn't have nearly as good a workout as Jalen Phillips or even uh, Kinsey Rocha, but he's still athletic. And when you can put him in position where he doesn't have to win with his first step, but he can gain depth into the backfield with his second and third steps, he is a problem for offensive linemen and for offenses. But for me, just if we're pl- if we're turning injuries off for our simulation, <laughs> it's J- it's Jalen Phillips. Now, of course, we can't just turn injuries off, but you know, even so, I there's just so much there with Jalen Phillips. I think I would have to risk the injuries. You know, maybe not at 11, but if both of them are sitting there at 42, I'm taking Jalen Phillips. Yeah, I think it, there's a lot of variables that come into play here. But if I had to pick between the two prospects, and I'm considering all of the checks and balances that come with either one. I'm, I have to say I'm sticking with Gregory Russo. And the reason why I like Russo just a little bit more, Phillips is so talented. Like you said, there's a reason why he was so highly recruited. There's a reason why he's so, so good. But he has some of those concussion issues. There are also some questions, as we tend to see at this time, that always come up of, does he actually love the game? From what I recall in, in going through his background, um, he has a very deep musical background, which is you know completely fine. But 
that's something that teams always are going to think like, is this guy more interested in, in music or is he more interested in pursuing football? So that does obviously come into to factor here. I, we don't really have those questions with Gregory Rousseau. The, the questions we have with Gregory Rousseau is, is he going to figure out how to play the game of football correctly? And he's had a lot of time to figure that out since not playing this season and strictly focusing on developing as a pass rusher. And just looking at how this, this Giants defense was in their first season under Patrick Graham, I think that Gregory Rousseau could be a versatile piece based on the alignments that we saw that that Graham liked to use. Gregory Rousseau was uh, someone who lined up inside in nickel and dime situations at Miami. He also rushed off the edge. And I think if you get Gregory Rousseau, he could almost resolve the issue of needing another defensive tackle, as we've talked about maybe drafting one this year. He just turns into a really good pass rusher who not probably not going to do a, a, a ton early on against the run, but if you work with him, move him around, get creative, his length, his size, he's the type of guy that maybe not in his first year is going to be highly productive. But I think eventually down the road, uh, uh, he could become that, but at the very least, just be disruptive and take up space. When you're as long as he is, it's not very easy to block with one guy. So I think Rousseau just gives me a little bit more um, confidence based on the, his background. Not as much confidence in terms of what we know that he can be, but I think it's exciting to see what he did at Miami and maybe steal some of those bits and pieces and have him do that with the Giants. Yeah, I think the question with Jalen Phillips is, for me, it's the concussions. Yeah, I'm not too terribly worried about loving the game because you know he was medically retired. He he didn't have to maintain a scholarship. He had transferred out of UCLA, gone to Miami. He had, uh, I believe, he had changed his major to music management, something like that, and then came back to football. So that that to me does speak to a love of the game. For me, it's just the concussions with him. With Rousseau, you know, it's like. Is he going to be Jason Pierre-Paul or is he going to be Arden Key? He's got all of those physical tools. He's got the size. He's got the length. He's He can be a power rusher. He can win with that length and his athleticism. As you said, can he figure it out? Can he figure out how to use all these tools he has or is he always going to be more pot potential than production? Yeah, exactly. And just to wrap up that concussion point, it really comes down to the fact of how many more concussions can Jalen Phillips take? Because, and I think we've talked about this on the show. I've seen guys and I've played with guys in college who had a couple concussions in high school, got two more in college and had to retire. They had to stop playing. So if he already had to retire once, if he gets one concussion, is this dude done? We've talked about this with Sterling Shepard. So that is a, a, a serious concern. It's not like we're talking about a guy coming off of a knee injury and like, oh, maybe does he lose a step? Is he a little bit slower? It's a matter of if he gets one or two more, the dude's done and you spent the draft pick on somebody who's not even going to be on your roster. It's almost like a, a David Wilson type pick where it'd be, un it'd be a little bit unexpected, but it, we know for a fact that there's a really high risk behind Jalen Phillips. There is. Yeah, maybe maybe the answer is uh, Quincy Roche. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. We're, it might just be Quincy Roche <laughs> instead of either of these two. But um, we've got another one that we're going to hit on. Before we do, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. So I feel that this next pairing is interesting because both of their draft values are not in the same spot, but it's a matter of, of thinking, 
All right, would I rather draft one in the first round or the other in the second round? And I'm referring to Tulsa linebacker Zaven Collins and Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons. So, Chris, if you took all that into account, do I want Zaven Collins round two or Micah Parsons round one? Who would you pick between the two? Uh, if you could guarantee for me that Zaven Collins would be there in round two, I think I would take him. Yeah. As much as I like what Micah Parsons does on the field, and yes, there have been questions about his uh, character, his off-field demeanor, all of that. I don't know. I am not at Penn State. I don't hang out with him. I haven't seen him off the field, so I can't really speak to that. You know, Unless there are concrete issues, actual legal trouble, criminal charges, something like that, you know, actual disciplinary issues, you know, I can't really, I can't really speak to that. So just going by what is on the field, I love what Micah Parsons does. I love his athleticism. I love what he brings in the pass rush. I love what he can do in pass coverage. And the Giants really do need that kind of player at the second level. He would, he would solve a bunch of problems for them, but getting Zaven Collins, who is a similar kind of athlete, maybe not quite as freaky as Micah Parsons, which him running a four three nine forty is just absurd to me. But Zaven Collins is pretty ridiculous in his own right. And yeah, I think it was uh, Mark Schofield who tweeted out about his uh, film study of Zaven Collins. Like usually when you're watching tape, you spend the first couple of minutes just figuring out who the guy is, just figuring out how to pick him out from an all 22 tape. You know, when you can't always see the number and maybe he moves around the formation. With Zaven Collins, it's easy because he's the biggest dude on the field, and you're not used to seeing that at the second level. He can play in space. He can get after the passer. He can be really stout in the run game. And also, he's a smart dude. He's pre-med, which is you know, something you don't normally see. Oh. In, you know, that's something you don't normally see in NFL prospects. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> I didn't even know the, that. That's the, a crazy yeah. note to have. Sorry, continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, not a problem. <laughs> Yeah, that surprised me too when I was reading. I was like, wait, he was pre-med? Okay. <laughs> you could get that guy in the second round who he could be the heir apparent for Blake Martinez in addition to doing all of those things at the second level of the defense. Yeah, I, I think that this one's a little bit more perplexing because of the round value type thing. And I do agree there's a chance that Zayvon Collins might go in the end of the first round, so he might not even really be in the equation. And on top of that, Micah Parsons might also not be available at the 11th overall pick for the Giants. But if if I'm talking about the two prospects and I'm in a situation where I have to pick one or, over the other, I am going to ride with Micah Parsons until the day that I die. It's just like last year, Chris, where all I talked about the whole time was Isaiah Simmons. That was all I wanted. That was all I cared about was getting an explosive, fast, dynamic, rare athlete linebacker to join the defense. And that's what I want with Micah Parsons. And no knock on Zayvon Collins. I love Zayvon Collins. Heck, I on the one of the other shows that I do, I didn't discover him, but my co-host Ryan started talking about Zayvon Collins before anybody knew who he was and saying that he has first-round potential. And here we are now. So I've been following this dude the whole season. I love his size. I love his impact. But Micah Parsons is the versatile playmaker that I think the Giants need to cap off their linebacker core. Talking about how Gregory Rousseau could play uh, multiple roles within the defense on a defense that likes to move guys around. I think Micah Parsons, as we've talked about a 100 times, can be that type of player with this Giants defense. He can come off the edge. They can blitz him from the second level. He can also 
play off ball just as a linebacker. He has the size, the movement capabilities. I, we don't know about the, the full details of the off-field concerns, but I'm not worried about that stuff. I think that Micah Parsons, at the end of the day, really needs to be that 11th overall pick, and I'm going to keep freaking saying it unless they take him. And if they don't, I'll just be disappointed and angry like I was with Andrew Thomas last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I am, yeah, I can't really speak to the character or off-field concerns, but also this is the same franchise that had Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> so, you know, it, maybe the Giants shouldn't get too, too hung up on character when the greatest player in their history was Lawrence Taylor and all of the issues and problems and troubles that he has had, you know, he is still celebrated. So, you know, maybe we can make some allowances. <laughs> right. Right. And when you have a talented player like that, I, I think it less will come down to the off field concerns because at the end of the day, the giants have the most inside possible source that they can get because of coach chaos and his connection to Micah Parsons being a coach there while he was there, he's going to know more than any, you know, any other scout on any other team or coach on any other team that's trying to do digging because he actually knows the kid. But I think it's it's all going to come down to Dave Gettleman. Is Dave Gettleman willing to draft a linebacker in the first round, or is he going to wait until the second round for a guy like Nick Bolton or Zayvon Collins? So like that's right now the the big hurdle that we we are going to be dealing with for uh, for drafting. Michael Parsons. Yeah. And I do have to say, you know, looking, you, br you bring up Nick Bolton and just, you know, this actually is a really good off ball inside linebacker class. You've got Micah Parsons, Zayvon Collins, Nick Bolton. Yeah. Uh, there are uh, Pete Werner at Ohio state. Uh, oh, who's the one at Michigan. There's so many of them. I dropped. Uh, his, I dropped Cameron, his name. Cameron McGroan. Yeah. McGroan. Yes. Yeah. There's, there are just a, bunch uh baron browning also at ohio state they're just a bunch of really good off-ball linebackers and this is a great year to need one not that the giants really need need an off-ball linebacker but giants fans have been waiting for them to draft one for about 30 years now so it, it'd be nice if they could get one out of the strength of a strong class Right, and that might come into play here. That might be the case of do you wait until later on? And and some of these conversations, I think, well, let's wait to get more in-depth on situations as we're leading up to the NFL draft. We're going to probably do another one of these debate shows once, uh, once Nick is back and available, but that's going to be it for today's episode. Folks, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. Also, follow us on social media at BigBlueView on Twitter and Instagram. And head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week.